Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Hey, we're Anna Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to talk about the parable of the Good Samaritan. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast, where we believe that marriage was meant for more than just happily ever after. I'm Jennifer, also known as Unveiled Wife. And I'm Aaron, also known as Husband Revolution. We have been married for over a decade. And so far, we have four young children. We have been doing marriage ministry online for over seven years through blogging and social media. With the desire to inspire couples to keep God at the center of their marriage, encouraging them to walk in faith every day. We believe that Christian marriage should be an extraordinary one, full of life, love, and power that can only be found by chasing after God. Together. Thank you for joining us in this journey as we chase boldly after God's will for our life together. This is Marriage After God. For this week's episode of Marriage After God. We're so excited to have you. Before we jump into today's topic, we wanted to encourage you to get your free download of Date Night Conversation Starters. And all you have to do is go to datenightconversations.com and download those. Um, they're great prompts and questions for you to go into your date night with something specific to talk about. Um, we, all, we all get encouraged and inspired by having these prompts. So we just hope that they're an encouragement to you and your marriage. And again, you can get that free download at datenightconversations.com. So uh, I think we have a, a, an interesting episode today. Uh, something that you, were Jennifer, were really encouraged by yeah. this last week. And you just, you felt excited to share with our audience um, just how the Lord loved on you. Yeah. So I'm going to walk you through this journey of kind of what happened to us mm -hmm. and how it impacted us. Um, on a Sunday, and I hope that it blesses you. Yeah, and just to maybe give a little bit of background to what this is about is uh, you just, we had been talking for a few weeks now about little ways that God's been loving on us personally. Yeah, which is really good because I revealing himself to yeah, us. Yeah, which we believe God does with everyone. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking about individual personal revelations of God. We're just talking about like God like loved on us. They're like, man, like that was God. Yeah. Like, thank you, Lord, and just made us worship him. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of those stories and mm -hmm. it surrounds uh, an experience that we had at church recently. Yeah. So, um, so leading up to that Sunday, I had been reading through Luke and in my personal Bible reading, I hadn't been going through a study or anything like that. I've just, I haven't even really been digging in to dig in. It was more of just let's enjoy the scripture type of experience with God and, and consistency. You've been trying to like be in yeah. more on a more regular basis. Yeah. And, um, and I was taking it very slowly, uh, but I was reading through Luke and I honestly was asking the question, am I even getting anything new out of this? I don't know if you guys relate to this, but 
sometimes I skip the gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark. Yeah. Cause we like know them, right? Well, you hear the stories <laughs> and you know, the parables. Um, and so sometimes I think it could be easy to skip over and, you know, jump through some of the other books. I don't know. Well, I, I personally relate to this because, um, you know me, I can't watch a movie twice because I can kind of like remember the storyline, all the, the imagery. So the moment I start watching a movie, I'm like, oh, I can't do this. And, I, and I've been convicted about this because I actually take scripture the same way, like what you're mm-hmm. saying. Like, I'll, I'll skip over Romans. I won't read the gospels. Uh, and all I'm thinking is like, oh, I already read that. Like, what am I going to get out of that? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to like find something new or something. But every single time I open up, I'm like, I don't even remember I'm like, I don't remember reading this. What is this? And I find new nuggets. So I relate. Yeah. And and you know what? God's word is so beautiful in that we really do learn something new every time that we read it. And even if we don't, it's such a beautiful experience just to be reading the word of God that we just shouldn't skip over it. And so hopefully this episode's already convicting, like Aaron said. It's <laughs> convicting me. <laughs> and that uh, we should we should be willing to even go through the gospels or, or whatever part of the Bible that- Any part know. of the Bible. Okay. So I was going through Luke and I'm wondering to myself- Am I getting anything new out of this? And really, I was asking the question, how do I draw out wisdom from Scripture? Like, how do I, as a person, do that so that I get more out of Scripture? Mm-hmm. And I actually, Which is not a bad thing to think. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, and I was, I was, uh, I had just asked myself that, I think, the night before, so Saturday night. Um, and I was wondering, should I be going through, like, a study? Should, like, I was questioning the way I was doing it. Because right. I was just experiencing it, just enjoying it and going through it slowly. And then I started asking myself, should I be getting, should I get like a supplement study to like help me yeah. draw out this? Well, system? and you, I think you also mentioned how you, almost like a, a guilt of like, I, I don't have enough knowledge to yeah, understand feeling, what I'm getting out of this. Yeah. Feeling down on myself for not having a Like, do I need to know Hebrew? Do I need to know Greek? <laughs> like, am I, um, which are good things to know. I was but. just going to say, look, if you do have a study that you like going through, I, there's plenty of resources out there. I'm all for that. There's nothing wrong with yeah. those. I was just kind of in my own little questioning, I guess. Would you say that it felt almost like you were being, um, almost like the enemy was, uh, judging you or, or making you feel like I'm not good at this or I'm failing at this? Or do you feel like you were struggling with some of those? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it as the enemy. I, I just saw it in my own weakness, my own flesh of like, I'm not good enough to teach myself scripture or to understand what, why this is important, you mm-hmm. know, and as I'm reading it. Um, and it also, looking back now, could have just been the way God wanted me to ask that question so that he could answer it, if that makes right. sense which is what I'll get into. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it was Sunday morning and I we were on our way to church and usually I'm pretty engaging with you guys and the kids. Um, I, for whatever reason, decided to I ask you about a certain scripture I'd read the night before in Luke. And, um, and after we had talked about it, I continued reading since I had my phone out and, and I had the Bible app open on my phone. And so it was silent in the car for a little bit. The kids were talking to each other in the back and you looked over and asked me, what are you, what are you reading? And uh, we only had a couple minutes till we had gone to church. So I just started reading out loud and it happened to be the, the rich young ruler uh, parable. And so I'm just going to read it just so that you guys can go on this journey with us. So it's Luke 18, 18 through 34. It says, and a ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, all these things I have kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, 
One thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when he heard these things, he came, he became very sad for he was extremely rich. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, how difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, then who can be saved? But he said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And Peter said, see, we have left our homes and followed you. And he said to them, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. And taking the 12, he said to them, see, we are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written about the son of man by the prophets will be accomplished for he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them and they did not grasp what was said. So I kind of just read it. And then we talked a little bit about the rich young ruler and what, you know, God was teaching through that parable um, briefly, like really briefly on the way to church. Yeah, it was just because I didn't have time to like dig too deep into it. But I was thinking like, well, yeah, it says, you know, rich men, it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven. But is he really saying like rich men can't, can't go to heaven. Like, will your wealth stop you? Yeah. And then I, and then I said, well, right after that, he, he says, what's impossible with man is possible with God. And we started talking about that. We kind of just marveled in that. Yeah. We're like, Hey, I mean, I guess, I mean, things that seem impossible in our eyes are made possible in God because of Christ Jesus, which I thought was really cool. So we kind of just discussed that. I remember that. So that's one benefit of just uh, reading scripture out loud to each other is you get to dialogue about it, which I really love. Um, but it was such a short little um, space in our Sunday morning. Um, and then we got to church. And internally, you're still struggling with like, I don't understand with all this. And like, am I, At I don't know. Time, yeah. 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 So um, just having his word on my mind and on my heart and wanting so desperately to understand even more. Um, and so we're at church and we do home church. We've shared about this before, but um, in the beginning, we come together and we're just kind of like fellowshipping. We're, you mm-hmm. know, saying hi to each other, catching up on the week. And then when we start, um, we open up with praise songs or testimonies and prayer, prayer, and then, um, and then we go into the teaching. And so one of the men uh, brought a teaching this specific Sunday morning that really impacted me. And just to give a little bit of context, uh, the way we do fellowship is we we believe that every member in the in the body is. Hey, Marriage After God friends, I wanted to take a short break from today's topic to thank you. Thank you for your continued faithfulness in listening each and every week. Jennifer and I have often shared with you about how important prayer is in the life of a believer. It's so important, in fact, that we're told this in 1 Thessalonians, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is God's will for us to pray, and we want to inspire you to begin praying for your spouse and marriage every day. This world hates marriage, and so does our enemy, because he knows the power that your marriage is meant to have in this world. He knows that if you and your spouse are praying and chasing boldly after God together, that the impact Christ will have in and through you will be powerful. So we need to be praying more than ever before. Our heart is to encourage you along with everyone who listens to this show to be praying for your spouses and your marriages, 
Be strengthened, renewed, healed, prepared, and empowered to do the ministry that God has for you to do in this world together. So, with that being said, Jennifer and I would love to invite you to join the thousands of other couples in taking our 31-day marriage prayer challenge. This is a completely free and fun way to build a habit of prayer in your marriage. All you have to do to join is visit marriageprayerchallenge.com and fill out the registration form. Once you do that, you will begin to receive an email every day from us during the 31 days to not only remind you to pray for your spouse, but we'll also give you various topics and prompts to help you know what to pray for. We dare your marriage to start praying like never before. Start the challenge today at marriageprayerchallenge.com. Now enjoy the rest of today's episode. And just to give a little bit of context, uh, the way we do fellowship is we we believe that every member in the in the body is is gifted by the Holy Spirit, and so we encourage all the men, uh, just based off of Scripture, to uh, use those giftings. So, so some of us are always coming prepared to teach, mm-hmm. and so it's not always the same person teaching. And There's sometimes not, it's multiple. And sometimes it's multiple <laughs> people teaching. Um, but this week, um, one of the men in the, the fellowship uh, brought a teaching. Yeah. And so he he starts with a smile on his face and says, will you guys join me in Luke? And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I've been reading Luke. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you were excited about it. <laughs> I was like immediate. That was just the first thing that stood out to me. It was like, God's like, hey, Jen, are you listening in? And I'm like, yep, I'm there. I'm this. So, okay. So he says... Uh, he actually invites. And he didn't his, know you were reading Luke. Oh, he has no idea. Yeah, the guy. God the, knows. Yeah, God knows. <laughs> so uh, he invites his oldest son to read aloud Luke ten twenty five through thirty seven, which, which is, is also awesome because Elliot was like, "Hey, it was really cool that he was he read the Word of God. He blessed me." Elliot oh, said <laughs> yeah, that. He, I yeah. didn't know that. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, so um, I'm just gonna read it. I'm gonna have you read it, Aaron, this time. And okay. if anything out of this episode, I hope that you guys are encouraged by the scripture that we read. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Hear nothing else. Hear the words of God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so it's Luke 10 verses 25 through 37. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Such a good parable and mm-hmm. one that's really recognizable. I think everyone listening just now probably had the same response I did sitting in church that like, Sunday, oh, yeah, which is, good Samaritan. oh yeah, I remember that story. <laughs> yeah, we have ministries named after it. Um. <laughs> so, uh, so that was really cool. And, um, and so while we're sitting there, I, I remember the, the man that was teaching referenced other parts of Luke where Jesus was asked this question 
by yeah. three different people, one of them being the rich young ruler. He mentions that. Yeah. And each time Jesus responds differently. Yeah. Do you want to share a little bit more? Yeah. What was awesome about that? I mean, this is the first time I've ever heard this story uh, explained this way. And I thought it was so beautiful. And, we, and this is what's awesome about the gifts in the body is they're diverse. Mm -hmm. And uh, this man's uh, way of seeing scripture from uh, enlightened it for me in a way that I've never known before. And for you too, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. um, and he's explaining, he's like three other times, you know, there was the rich young ruler, there's this story and we, and that Jesus has tried to be trapped. And they say, how do, how do yeah. I be, how do I inter eternal life? Inherit eternal life, which is what's funny is that this is a question that we all ask mm -hmm. um, when we're trying to do it in our own mm -hmm. uh, righteousness. And he, the this guy explains that all of them were given the answer that they needed to hear based in their flesh. And it was based on, you know, they're, they're looking for their self-righteousness. They're looking for, and he's telling me, he's like, oh, okay, yeah, do it this way and do it this way. And then he mentioned how Jesus gives a different response to his disciples, mm -hmm. which I thought was really powerful. And the response he gives to his disciples is to believe in him. Mm -hmm. And the response he gives to these men who are trying to justify themselves is go do the law, <laughs> which justifies no man. Um, and so that was something that, um, was enlightening for me. I was like, wow, like I never even thought of that. Cause we look at those pictures of Jesus telling these men um, personally uh, how to inter inherit eternal life. And we say, oh, well then I have to sell everything. Oh, then I must, you know, do this commandment. But that's not at all what he's doing. He's, he's giving them the answer based off of their own, what they're looking for, how to do it themselves, which is not the answer. Give it, selling everything you have will not give you, get, get you to heaven. It's belief in Jesus Christ alone that justifies any man. Mm -hmm. um, so just looking at this from that perspective was really awesome. I, I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but that's what I remember from. No, that was really good. So just again, we're just taking you guys on this journey of how this Sunday impacted me and, and those, little, those little moments in life where God gets your attention because they're really beautiful. And I want your eyes to be open to how God is doing this in your life. Um, and so, to be looking for those moments. And to be looking yeah. for them and to be excited for them. And so I call these moments treasures. I, I don't know how else to explain <laughs> it, but it's like treasure to me. And it's so precious to me. Um, so already I'm thinking, okay, he's in Luke. No way. That's that's awesome. And then as he's he's sharing, he brings up the rich young ruler, which we had just read on the way to church. There's mm -hmm. no coincidence there. That was really beautiful. Um, and then he goes into explaining this, this teaching on who the Good Samaritan is in light of yeah. who Jesus is talking to and what they would have considered yeah. with this passage. Do you want to share a little bit? I feel like you would so, share better. If I re remember correctly, you can correct me if I'm not getting the details. He started explaining how we as Westerners, and this is, this is reality, look at this story and we often interpret ourselves as the Samaritan. Oh yeah, we want to be the good Samaritan that are going to go and love our neighbor. And because that's essentially what Jesus is even saying, you know, that's the one, that's the neighbor, the good mm -hmm. Samaritan. So he's saying, we, we often will interpret the story as we are the Samaritan. And he says, and then he says, he's like, he says, but the people Jesus was talking to these Jewish lawyers would never have associated themselves with never the Samaritan. They would not have thought to themselves. And he, he explained it so good. Yeah. They would never have said, oh, I'm the Samaritan in this story. They hated the Samaritans. The, the Jews did back then. This, was a, this, this is why Jesus portrayed the story this way, specifically to, the, to these Jewish-minded people, understanding the word of God, understanding or understanding the law, I should say. 
and understanding who Samaritans were and understanding who Levites were and understanding who priests were because that was all of the, all of those things were were familiar to these Jewish lawyers. They would never have put themselves in the place of the Samaritan. And so he starts explaining, he's like, so if we change the way we look at this, not to necessarily look at it the way they would, but to recognize the, the purpose is that we are the man that was robbed on the side of the road. Eaten. Because the man that was robbed on the side of the road is who he was explaining they were, these Jewish people. They would not have necessarily looked at themselves as the priest. They wouldn't have necessarily looked at themselves as the Levite. They definitely wouldn't have identified as the Samaritan. So the only one left is the one that's robbed and beaten and half dead, who needs the Samaritan's help, mm-hmm. who needs the um, to be, who can't help themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're starting to recognize this, the gospel's starting to portray <laughs> itself because that's exactly what Jesus is doing. Yeah. He's, he's explaining how the gospel works. We are the half dead man cannot help ourselves, tried getting there on our own, and we're laying there helpless, dying. That's what we are. Mm -hmm. And we need the help of the Savior in the story, which is the Good Samaritan. Jesus is the Samaritan, not us in this story. And and when you, and so what I thought was powerful was when he explains this this way, it just reminds me of how we should look at all the parables, how we should look at all the Bible is in light of who Jesus is, not who we are necessarily. Mm -hmm. And if we put ourselves in the correct place, we actually can see clearly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm sitting in church and I'm listening to him and I look over at Aaron and I'm like, I've never thought of it like that. <laughs> and I haven't either. And when you hear it that way, your immediate response is you recognize that if you're the person, you know, robbed and beaten, that you're a person in need of a savior. In need of charity, in need of being taken care of, healed. And I think that is a beautiful place to be, being someone who mm. knows my need for Christ and knows my need for a Savior. Um, I want to, I, I just remembered another portion of this that he, he brought up that blew my mind. Remember, going back to interpreting this through the gospel, not through our own experiences, but through the gospel, which is an appropriate way to interpret these parables. He talks about how the Samaritan put the man, lifted the man up, because the man can lift himself up, lifted the man up with his strength and placed him on his animal, which is an allusion to Jesus entering into the into Jerusalem on a donkey, which was a representation of kingship, mm-hmm. right? And so he shows in this story, the beaten and robbed and half dead man now be putting in the place of a king. Mm. So where the Samaritan should have been sitting, the half dead man is sitting, which is again, the gospel. We deserve death and wrath and hell and Christ exchanges all of that for himself. Mm -hmm. And now we sit in the place of Christ and Christ has taken on our place, our position. That's the whole, that's the whole definition of propitiation. Mm -hmm. He switched spots with us. He took on our sin. He took on the wrath of God, the fullness of God's wrath that we deserve Mm -hmm. on his own body. And if you think about it, so you see the Samaritan who paid, he even explained how two denarii was like six months wages. Yeah. So he's like, he's like, he paid this high, high, high price to continue to take care of this yeah. man, put him on his own donkey, put him in a hotel, yeah, it took like care of him. it wasn't like one night and an inn. It was like a recovery. It was like, like until he was fully, fully recovered, yeah. which is another beautiful picture of the gospel. He was provided for. His sanctification. We're, yeah. be, in, we're continually being worked on. And the Bible, tells us, <laughs> the Bible tells us he's going to finish the work he began in us. Yeah. That's all. Oh man, it was so powerful. So another thing that stood out to me was he mentioned, he kind of gave this really beautiful picture of where 
the road to Jericho was. And it was like this crazy windy one way in, one way out. Perfect for being robbed. (laughs) Right. But the fact that the man was half dead and not fully dead meant what? That so if if someone's fully dead, then it was a while that it happened, a while ago that it happened. So the, the robbers are probably gone. If he's half dead and fresh and he's he's still there alive, means they're probably nearby. Which means if you're gonna stop and save someone, you're doing it at the risk. You're choosing to risk. You you know that you're risking your own life because the robbers could still be there and they could take advantage of you. Right. I've never thought about that before. <laughs> and so I'm sitting here going, Yes, yes, Jesus risked everything for me and I deserve, I, I don't deserve any of it. Well, he actually gave his life Yeah. in, in replace of ours, which yeah. is awesome. Uh, so just this whole time, Jennifer's just being like totally this blessed is, by God Well, this is the, and the whole fellowship is by the way, because it was amazing. Yeah. And this was the type of wisdom that I was longing to receive that I thought I had to draw out of scripture myself. And so I, I felt like in that moment, God was saying, are you, are, are you hearing this? Um, and then uh, we were, we were sitting there and you got to share something after he was done talking about a conversation we had this earlier this week. And um, you brought up that in Matthew, I, we were sitting in bed one night and I had this question for you. It's in um, Matthew sixteen twenty four. I said to you, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Oh yeah. And I, I had asked you the question, did they understand what that meant? Because Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. And I had never realized that, you know, I'm seeing everything after the fact. I I know the scriptures. I know that Jesus has already died. So for me to recognize that what he's telling his disciples is to pick up your cross and follow, I know what the cross means. I know what Jesus did on the cross. We come from knowledge. Like we've seen it. We're on the other side of the... And I was sitting there and I was like, but if they hadn't experienced the cross yet, did they understand what Jesus was saying? Yeah. Talk about that conversation. For well, you. and I, I, I thought to myself, I was like, well, um, they, yeah, they, they know Jesus, Jesus hadn't died yet. And they have seen crucifixions because that was the Romans' favorite way of, you know, killing people. But for what reason? <laughs> it was, for they were bad people. They, they were murderers. They were thieves. Yeah. They were sinners. They were the people that you'd be like, I'm not one of them. But in order for Jesus to have said, pick up your cross and follow me, you had to identify with one of those men. With one of them as a sinner, as a, a person in need of. So essentially what you were, the Lord was revealing to you and to us as we were talking about it is in that scripture, Jesus is essentially saying, recognize you deserve one. Mm-hmm. So pick it up mm-hmm. and follow me. And Jesus hadn't died yet, but he picks up his own cross for us. Mm-hmm. He, pricks, he picks up our physical cross and then he asks us to spiritually pick up ours, mm-hmm. which means to lay down our ourselves for him mm-hmm. to die to ourselves and live to Christ, yeah. um, which is a pretty insane thing is it, when you think about it. Cause like it's, it's easy in that, that scripture to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah pick up my cross. That's my cross to bear. We kind of hear it like in this allegorical sense of like, Oh yeah, you know, I have a cross to bear. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is recognize we deserve a cross. Mm-hmm. We deserve to be crucified. We mm-hmm. deserve to have our sin um, atoned for dealt mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm by the justice of God, mm-hmm. which goes again back to the gospel is Christ took our cross mm-hmm. for us. And the cross he's asking us to bear now is a spiritual one. Mm-hmm. He's saying, lay down your flesh the, because the cross is the instrument to kill your flesh, which is, our pastor Matt always said that that's what the cross is for. It kills the flesh. It's, it, 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 you die on it. So when Jesus is saying, take up your cross and follow me, anyone who denies himself, you know, mm-hmm. uh, has a place with me. What we're saying is, I'm going to put my flesh aside 
and I'm going to say yes to God. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do that in the spirit, which is again, a picture of baptism. So all of these things, and it's just, it's a, it's a powerful thought recognizing yeah. like we deserve a cross and it, it all <laughs> we're the dead men on the side of the road <laughs> exactly it was this perspective shift of like uh, of who we are um but but really what was so powerful that day was it was the question was who is who is the good samaritan and it's jesus and some of the girls and i were were talking about you know the message after church we always do a big potluck style family lunch slash dinner everyone brings food everyone and it's brings delicious awesome food and uh so we we're just sitting around and and you know, I was just sharing how impactful the message was to me. And um, one of the other things that stood out to myself is, you know, so often we do things in our own strength. And so often I've considered this parable and and I see myself, you know, riding in on the horse and saving the day. And what was really powerful to me is, is, is in his teaching and recognizing that Jesus is the one that comes in to save the day. When and then afterwards, he he says, you know, in this parable at the very end, do likewise. So he does want you to follow in his footsteps. He yeah. wants you to be that person. But instead of seeing me on the horse saving the day, I see the image of Jesus, and I look forward to being like him. Yeah. And it changes drastically my heart's motivation for why I do the things that I do, why I serve the way that I serve, and why I give charity. Well, and this goes to the, the the culmination of what he was trying to teach on was when it comes to charity, when it comes to giving of ourselves, giving of our time, giving of our resources, his encouragement was, just so we can, they're yeah. probably wondering why he was bringing all this up, is the reason we do those things should never be out of guilt mm-hmm. or obligation, mm-hmm. but it should be out of love mm-hmm. for God. And he ex- used this story of the Good Samaritan to explain the only way we can actually do that is to recognize who we are in the story. Mm-hmm. When we're the one that has received the goodness of God, when we're the one that has received the, the, the care and the helping, when the Samaritan has picked us up and put us on his donkey, when we're that one, mm-hmm. then the charity comes out of, I give you what I've been given. Mm-hmm. Not a, look at me coming in to save the day. Not a, oh, I, I feel guilty because I'm better off than you. Because that when we put ourselves in this place of the Samaritan in the story, then it's a, oh, I need to help because I'm better off than you. Mm-hmm. But that's not what why we should be the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. When we recognize what we've received mm-hmm. and it comes out of that. Paul says it this way. He says, with the grace that I, re- or with the comfort that I've received, I comfort you. Mm-hmm. And that's where our charity should come from. Our generosity, our love should come out of, oh my goodness, God saved me. So powerful. <laughs> I was so moved by all of this and even getting in the car later on that day with you, Aaron, and um, just kind of reflecting on on what happened that day. I remember sharing with you, I felt like God just answered my question and, and said, Jen, it's not you that pulls the wisdom out of my word. It's me offering it to you. It's mm. me giving it to you. It's me revealing myself to you. And I was I was moved. And I wanted to share that with you guys today because I think so often we can do things on our own strength or have a, a skewed perspective of the way things should be. And God is so faithful and so loving and his provision is perfect in that I, I want to encourage you to keep your eyes open for all the little treasures God has for you. And I hope that this episode blessed you today. Yeah. So as usual, we're going to close in prayer. Father God, we love you. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much that you are a personal God, that you come to us, 
that you speak to us, that you reveal yourself to us, and that you share with us all good things. And Father, I thank you so much for your Holy Spirit who teaches us and convicts us. And I pray, Lord, that those listening would be encouraged by today's episode, that they would be encouraged by your word, and that they begin looking for all the ways that you're already speaking to them, revealing yourself to them, loving them through your word and through the body of Christ. I just pray that they would go and seek after you more and more every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've loved this episode, as always, leave us a review. We look forward to having you next week. God bless. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you're interested, you can find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.